All right. Ready? Ready. Okay. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. In the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. On Monday shows, we bring you a recap of the previous week's shows. Today, however, is the third Friday of the month, if my calculations are correct, which traditionally means it's time for an all-new TBTL clip show. And joining me tonight to make this train run on time from LRB Flagship Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Sif Brosif. <laughs> I reject that. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Happy holidays, Anne. Oh, there we go. <laughs> So the plan for tonight is to deal with the things that we must discuss. We'll play and analyze some TBTL clips from ancient history of like, well, almost 10 years ago now. We'll do some housekeeping and we'll tell everybody listening how they can get involved with the show. Uh, so, Christy, as you teased there with your hearty greeting, <laughs> it's December <laughs> and the country is in the grip of the holiday spirit or We've all got Christmas fever or whatever we want to characterize it as. And there is a long tradition on TBTL of talking about Christmas. In fact, in half of our clips tonight, Luke talks about how his family didn't celebrate Christmas growing up. Blah, blah, blah. We're more Christian than you are. Whatever. I don't understand how uh, a holiday with Christ in the title isn't Christian enough. But, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. So I thought that we would take a look back at some times when the gang got into some Christmas topics. Uh, but before we start on that, I, I do want to say I've been thinking about this off and on that I feel sort of bad that maybe um, sort of like everybody else, it seems we are falling into the trap of ignoring the other religions and traditions and sort of being Christi Christian centric here on this on this here podcast and uh, do I think mostly to like the big Christian hype machine that exists mm -hmm. and and I want everybody to know that that's not um, an exclusionary thing that's certainly nothing that we're doing on purpose we are celebrating everybody's holidays with them in spirit I certainly don't want to minimize other people's experiences or their identity but you know, TBTL comes from that normalized Christian tradition with Luke and Jen starting it with their really conservative Christian upbringing. And then Andrew's um, upbringing was, a I mean, a different kind of Christianity. I mean, we all know that the Burbanks feel like Catholics probably aren't real Christian. No. But, um, <laughs> but Andrew's family was pretty religious too. So it really is just a part of, of their identity. And I think most of us involved with LRB uh, come from that kind of tradition as well. Even though some of us aren't practicing in any kind of religion, it's still sort of the lens through which um, we've been shaped and through which we see 
our surroundings during this time of year. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that um, we're not trying to be exclusionary by picking this topic. Just this is more of a celebration of secular Christmas than anything else. This is about like Santa and Rudolph and the tree and all of that stuff and not necessarily about the birth of Jesus unless you want it to be. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know how many people will turn it off now knowing this little bit of information um, about the nice lady is that for 15 years, I was actually a a practicing pagan. So when I see all this stuff, I was like, I just chuckle and say, you Christians don't know what that actually (laughs) came from. (laughs) So I actually love that a couple of our clips, they call that out. I I just get really giddy when um, Christians like, especially evangelicals, like, realize it. (laughs) So these clips are actually extra good for you because a couple of them involve things that started as a pagan tradition, I think. Yes. Yes. Well, good. (laughs) I totally did that on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. So as we do a lot of times in this show, I, I think that it might be a good idea to like establish our baseline on the subject. So Mm -hmm. I mean, what um, what kind of celebrating do you do this time of year? So it's really difficult. I feel like I just had like three portions of my life, which is like, you know, when you live with your family and then when I was single for a really long time and lived alone and then now. And I think that those three things are very different. When I was single, I didn't even put up a Christmas tree. I didn't bother with it because it was just like, oh, pull all the decorations out and then put them away. I don't even think I had decorations. Um, because I would just go to my parents' house and, and, um, my mom and dad would go all out. I mean, like Griswold family <laughs> lights. Um, my mom would, uh, uh, like gift wrap the doors. So they look like big presents. Oh my God. You're not kidding. No. That's nutso. And my mom is a terrible cook, but an amazing baker. And so there would always be some kind of Christmas treats and she would throw these parties where you'd bring like every person brings a dozen cookies or something no you bring as many dozen of cookies as the people coming so if there's 10 people you bring 10 dozen cookies and then you get all those back so there's always like fresh baked goods coming it's the only time of year she would cook so there was always like warm stuff in the oven and um yeah she just christmas music from like as soon as thanksgiving like on thanksgiving christmas music um, so I came from that and now it's just like a happy medium. We kind of do everything for, for Elliot. Um, but it's also a weirdness because we sometimes have her for Christmas day and we sometimes don't. And so we're just trying to navigate what our family traditions are going to be in the middle of having a lot of like unknowns. <laughs> sure. Sure. And I'm guessing that you have to dip in and out of Jeremy's family traditions, which yes. are mm-hmm. pretty... Uh, evangelical and I'm sure they get into Christmas big time in that family yeah so he never had Santa I think we've talked about that before because they um thought that and and rightfully so that it was taking away from the spirit of Christmas which should be Jesus's birthday they would sing happy birthday to Jesus every year um before opening presents um and they'd act out the nativity scene with plastic Jesus's and and Mary's and stuff as the dad reads the Bible part of of Jesus's birth and the whole thing is really strange to me um (laughs) because we did not we my mom had this nativity scene but half of the stuff was broken and 
I would take the baby Jesus every year and put a different thing in it. It would be like a Santa or a Christmas <laughs> present or the hand of a broken wise man one year. Um, till finally she's like, fine, we're, we're getting rid of this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it is family tradition. My family traditions is we go like with my family proper. It's my dad and his husband and my sister and brother and, um, a set of cousins and we go to their house and have Italian food for dinner. So we're doing that on Christmas day. Ooh, that sounds good. But we're so like no gifts. Um, we don't even have to meet on Christmas. It's whenever the people schedule mix. We're like, we just want to get together and have a meal. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's, it's not very strict or Christmassy really. No, I like <laughs> that. Me. I like that. How about you? I, I have a couple of, of things that you addressed here that I want to, um, bring my own perspective on. Okay. And number one is the cookie exchange party that you mentioned, uh, where everybody comes and brings, as you said, like X dozen number of cookies, and then you swap all the cookies. So everybody has some of all the different kinds, right? That's what you're talking about. Yep. I boycott those (laughs) because I hate them so much (laughs) because what happens is that I spend all this time and I make like a really good Christmas cookie and then mm-hmm. other people come and their offering is like um, two Ritz crackers with peanut butters, yes. be- peanut butter between them dipped in chocolate with red, white and green sprinkles. And you know what? I love all of those components. Ritz crackers, check. Peanut butter, check. Chocolate, check. Sprinkles, check. But... That is not up to the standard of baking (laughs) that I do. And so I would always feel like, well, why am I spending all this time making this really awesome cookie and people are bringing these other offerings? And don't get me wrong. There are reasons to do that. Like if you've got little kids who are helping or maybe you're not much of a baker, but you still want to participate or maybe you don't have a lot of time. It just seems to me that I always get the short end of the stick with that one. So... That's, so the same, that's what I would say to my mom because she made her specialty were these um, half moon cookies. Is that what they call them? I think or uh, in New York, they call them like black and white cookies. Uh-huh. That was my mom's specialty. They're these like super soft, pillowy um, sugar cookies. And she would do uh, make dozens of them and, and spend all night and each one was decorated and then we would get some and some people would bring store-bought. And I was like, this, no, this is bullshit. Like, right. why? And <laughs> no, some are I'm not awful. doing that. And that's probably when I started to get my a little bit phobia of uh, not eating potluck food. Like, I don't know where this has been. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've seen your kids. Were they helping? Did they lick the beaters? Uh, I'm, I'm not in. <laughs> yeah. Whose fingers went into their noses and then into the yes. bowl? Yep. <laughs> So that's my thought on Christmas cookies. Obviously, I make my own. The first year I think I moved into this house was the first time I actually had like a kitchen of decent size. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have so much fun. And I made like 18 different kinds of Christmas cookies. (gasps) And, you know, my family isn't that big. We had Christmas cookies until April. And my <laughs> my family kind of dutifully tried a few of the new ones, and they were like, mm, "We just want the same half dozen ones that we have every year." No. And I felt so defeated. I was like, "Fine," Aww. and I haven't gone crazy. I mean, I made like cool 
German cinnamon stars and Linzer cookies and um, different kinds of fudge and caramels and all kinds of stuff. And it was just wasted on everybody. That's what your work is for now. That's true. They eat your stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they don't have a choice, really. I just (laughs) thrust it under their noses until they eat it. Um, but the other thing that, uh, when you were talking about the nativity set, mm-hmm. one of the, this is something that I love is that my parents until this past year had an amazing nativity set that they got in Switzerland and they're hand carved wooden pieces. And like each of the pieces is probably 10 inches tall or so. And they're so expensive that like my dad would buy one a year for my mom. Until she got the Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the wise men and shepherd and angel and, you know, some animals and stuff. And the the stable itself is probably three feet long and maybe 18 inches deep. And I'm sure it costs a thousand dollars. I don't know. But it is the most beautiful nativity set that you've ever seen. And every year my mom would arrange it just so. And every year my brother and I would go and turn the sheep upside down. And every time she would turn them right side up, eventually we'd go back and turn the sheep upside down again. And she would get so mad at us for doing this. <laughs> I love it. Yep. It's, it was one of my favorite parts of Christmas because it was just such a beautiful, really piece of sculpture together. And then when my parents, they moved a little over a year ago and my mom felt that she just didn't have room for it anymore. So now my my stepsister... Uh, has it she put in the request for it and I was like damn I really would have liked it but I'm not about to get mm. into a fight with any of my family over Christmas decorations so oh, I let it go I and I, I hope that it, it it has a good home now so I'll just have to get my own nativity should I want something like that but it's yep. one of my favorite <laughs> Christmas memories um, and in a more general sense um, I grew up Lutheran so, you know, like Catholics, not sufficiently Christian mm-hmm, for the nope. Burbanks, but um, <laughs> we're pretty regular churchgoers and did the whole deal, just the traditional Christmas deal. Um, since I've grown up, I've really drifted away from Christianity. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me anymore, but I still traditionally will go with my parents um, to Christmas Eve services. We haven't gone to Christmas Day services in years and years and years because it's just too much of a madhouse and my Mm -hmm. parents church is kind of in the middle of the city and there's not a lot of parking and whatever so we go on christmas eve and i am unabashedly sentimental about it because you get to sing all the really good christmas carols and then at the Mm -hmm. end they turn all the lights down and everybody gets to light their candles and you sing silent night and i cry every time because i'm an absolute sap (laughs) and sometimes the does your church have the where the little kids do the pageant. Yeah. That's always adorable. Yeah. They don't do it on Christmas Eve and I haven't been to church for any other week in so long. (laughs) I mean, I was in plenty of them. Usually on Christmas Eve, they do have like the living nativity where they have the people who Mm -hmm. play Mary and Joseph. It's usually some couple that's just had a baby. So it's their own baby, you know, and they, they make the procession down the aisle. So, and then after the service is over, you can go up and look at the baby like that. But um, it's very, very traditional with Santa. And sometimes we get together with the extended family and sometimes we don't. Uh, this year, my mom and I for sure are going to go out to Los Angeles 
um, to see our new baby and uh, have Christmas with my brothers and my sister-in-law. So that's going to be a very different Christmas for us. But yeah, for you, you usually have snow and might not be able to get out of your house. And this year you're going to have palm trees and fires. (laughs) That's good. I'd I'd like to shorten up winter anytime I can. Yes. Um, Last Sunday, was it Sunday? We had a record here. It was 57 degrees. And Sunday night, uh, it fell to 15. And we've been at 15 (laughs) ever since. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm looking forward to a few days with the palm tree Christmas. It's going to be fun. (laughs) All right. So now that we've established our histories with Christmas and the holiday season, season, and oh, by the way, I should say, I still embrace everything about Christmas. Um, even the parts that are overtly religious, they just don't mean anything religious to me anymore. Like mm-hmm. I'll sing hymns all day long, but um, they're just syllables to me. I'm not really thinking too much about the baby Jesus or the wise men or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I like every part of it. I like the lights. I like the food. I like the trees. I like the decorations. I just think it makes the dark winter a little bit easier to tolerate, frankly. Oh, uh, for sure. Like my favorite thing to do on my birthday is to get hot chocolate, drive around listening to Christmas music and looking at Christmas lights. Mm. And it's my most favorite thing to do, which seems weird because I every other part of me comes off as like bah humbug. But um, like that, if that's all I could do for my birthday, that's what I would do. Okay, that puts me in mind of a family story that happened many years ago. I think I must have been 15 because then my brothers would have been 10 and 5. And we used to do that too, uh, at least once in a Christmas season, is pile into the car and go drive around and look for the really good Christmas lights. And this one year, my youngest brother, Matt, was having um, a snit of some sort. He was just, he spent a lot of his... um, young years being very pissed off for some reason he's really Mm -hmm. kind of mellow and a nice guy now but he was just really angry and he was upset about something that night and he didn't want to be there he didn't want to do this stupid thing he just wanted to be at home doing something else and so um, Carl and I were trying to kind of gently jostle him out of his bad mood by pointing out all like the cool looking houses and we would go look at those lights over there man aren't they great and he would look and he went stupid and then we'd be like oh no look at those ones over there and he said stupid (laughs) and for the entire I don't know hour that we were out driving around looking at lights he just kept saying stupid anytime we tried to interest him in something (laughs) (laughs) so now do you guys still tell that story oh my god yes we (laughs) make fun of him so bad and in fact, we still, on the way to my parents' church, there is one house that is the most ridiculously, unbelievably, garishly lit up house that you could ever possibly imagine. And we always stop there if we're all crammed into the car together and we always <laughs> tell them how stupid it is. <laughs> That's amazing. I think I would, I mean, because he lives far away now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think you should take a picture of it and just... Right, stupid on it and print it out. <laughs> That's what I would do. I think I will. It's yeah. good enough that it's worth making a special trip just to go over and see them. It's really amazing. Maybe I'll do that. 
Yeah, fun. take a picture and show me. I know it's okay. hard to get the whole feel of it in a picture, mm-hmm. but I'm just a sucker for Christmas lights. I, I don't know what it is. And, and driving around, listening to the music, and usually I get a little teary. Like, yep. it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's just some, like, elemental connection to our past and our history that, Something. that really yeah. gets you in a weird way. Okay, so with that established, let's get to these clips. Of course, as always, I would like to thank the archivists, uh, the archivists who did the work that allowed me to find the clips for tonight are Corey Plucker, Ashley Gilliam, Jamie Nettles, and Wayne Kirkendall. You cannot hide behind that WK anymore, Wayne. I know who you are now. (laughs) We figured it out. (laughs) Yep. And we're going to have a special bonus clip at the end that I'll talk a little bit more about that was brought to us by Shannon Brooke. So thank you, Shannon. Thank all five of you. Oh, I should do it like Luke. Thanks to Corey, Ashley, Jamie, Wayne, and Shannon. We couldn't do it without you. Cue mellow hold music. Wait, is there a ring before it? <laughs> of course. I couldn't do it without you didn't it. hear it? <laughs> and now we need to have 10 minutes of discussion about it. Yep. <laughs> All right. I think that these clips just happen to fall in chronological order. Yes, they did. So the first one we're going to comes way back in the very first year of the show. It's from November 24th, 2008. And Luke is talking about this nearly uncontrollable urge that he gets around this time of year. And that's that he wants to get into the Christmas spirit of um, by playing music and watching Christmas movies, but it's not even Thanksgiving yet. And so this is him and Jen having a discussion about that. Big whoop. Welcome back to TBTL. I've had this inner struggle going on for the last three or four weeks. I've been feeling very Christmassy. Very holiday-y, I should say. That's nice. Thanksgiving is, for me... A, a kind of a bigger deal than Christmas, actually, um, because when I was growing up for the first maybe 10 or 11 years of my life, we didn't celebrate Christmas because my parents thought that it was uh, he- druid. heathen and druid in its origins, which I, I guess it is. It is. <laughs> but it's, in my mind, and there's, at this point, not a reason to not celebrate Christmas. But So Thanksgiving was the big day when we would ha- make a big turkey, and like that was a, th- that was a holiday that we could com- fully embrace. So Thanksgiving's always been a really big... A, Big, huge day to me. But uh, also, you know, as we started to celebrate Christmas later on, I I got really into that too. And so there's a certain point when the weather turns and I start to just feel the, the holiday urge. Everybody can identify with this. And for me, a big part of that is music and certain – I have a, a list of Christmas music that I love and Christmas movies. And that, that, that period of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas when you can just revel in it, you go to the mall and – it smells a certain way and the sounds are happening in a certain way. It just feels really good. Mm-hmm. Now, the temptation, most things that I like, be they 
uh, cheese sticks from Jack in the Box drive-thru dipped in ranch or listening to Christmas music. Most things, when I like them, I indulge in them. I, in fact, overindulge in them. But the, th- the Christmas music to me is something that I really try to keep between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I love it so much, and I want to get in the mood, and I'm feeling festive. And so I keep starting for like the last three weeks. I've been, I put on the Nutcracker. I was at the coffee shop trying to do some reading, and I needed some music that was kind of nondescript, but, but not downbeat. And so I put on the Nutcracker. I love the soundtrack to the Nutcracker. Um, and uh, about a minute into it, I stopped and I was like, Luke, you can't do this. This is Christmas music. It's and not time. It's not time yet. But then I was like, why can't I? I'm the one making this rule because you can't. This was the inner struggle that sure. went on. The other big one for me is the Charlie Brown Christmas album. Is there anything that says Christmas more than this music? Doesn't it just make you feel warm inside? It does. Stop it, Sean. No, don't even yeah, don't even fade it down. I want it out because it is not Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> Oh, that was like a little hit. That was like a little bump off a key of that sweet, sweet Christmas junk that I'm not supposed to have. I love that music so much. And Addie is my is Addie's like my AA sponsor when it comes to not listening to the Christmas Christmas music early. She lives by this rule. And if she ever hears that I'm listening to Christmas music, she looks at me like Daddy disappointed me. We were we took a road trip on Saturday to go see my new little niece. Miss Marion Hannah Nelson over there in Moses Lake, Washington. And we got in the car. We, I rented this huge like SUV and got a, a big bunch of my family in there, seven people, sisters and brothers and Addie and Vanessa. And we drove. And I, and I had my iPod hooked up to the stereo. And I was like, this is perfect to listen to the Elf soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's festive. And we're driving. And the first notes come on of Sleigh Ride. And Addie looks at me and goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> so I had to stop it. But anyway, I put a blog post up about this, and Lordy, if there aren't already 23 comments of people writing about their own obsessions. First, my first question was, is it ridiculous of me to hold to this personal rule? No one's going to care. The police are not going to show up. I don't think, Jen, you'll think less of me. Nobody cares except me. So the first uh, answer uh, from most people was that I'm not being ridiculous. In fact, universally, that was the response. But I'm just going to read a few of them. Somebody named Quiggy said, Luke... You're totally not ridiculous. I have the same rule for myself with Christmas music, which was put to the test this weekend when I took a road trip with two friends who do not share my feelings on this topic. I listened to a couple of minutes, then just busted out my MP3 player and listened to my backlog of TBTL podcasts in the back seat. (laughs) My self-imposed rule. I refuse to allow myself to start a new book no matter how much I hate the current book I'm reading. It makes for an especially frustrating dictum when I hate the current book so much that I just never read it. So I end up being stuck in the same awful book for weeks at a time. Uh, I, I love the show. I'm a recent convert, Carrie W. of the South Harlem Tens, keeping it very New York tonight. I have to say that I uh, have a rule that if by page 100 I do not like it, I put it down forever and don't have guilt about it. But hear, I, I have to get to page 100 in the book because I figure that gives the author enough time to, to build to whatever they're doing. But I understand that rule. All right. Um, that was Quiggy. Uh, a quarter of the G's says, I want to know what these people, what their handles mean. One quarter of the G's. One quarter of the G's, I don't know if that's a boy or a girl. They, they're they even 
more nuts than I am about this stuff. Uh, I, too, follow this crazy regimen of Christmas things only after Thanksgiving. It's so stringent that our Thanksgiving day goes like this. On our way to dinner, for the last 20 minutes of the drive, we listen to Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant and nothing else. Then on our way home from dinner, and only when we are on our way home from the last Thanksgiving dinner, we do allow the Christmas music to be played. This is really hard to follow since Christmas music is my most favorite music ever. And my kids have been asking for Christmas music and especially the tree to be brought out of hiding. So that person is, they have a... Act- Very specific. All right, Christy, do you do this? Um, no. No? What, no what self-imposed Christmas threshold? No. No, I don't have playlists or... um. That's a lie. We have a family playlist. Um, but that my um brother-in-law made, and I think it used to be a CD and now it's a playlist, but I don't if Christmas music is playing and I like the song, I listen to it. I I feel weird. I I just don't like this. Some people start on November 1st, rate it. I I have Facebook friends that have countdowns to Christmas music and they'll start Right on October 31st, you know, as soon as it hits midnight, November 1st, they, they start. If you like a song, why not listen to it? I don't I don't get not listening to it all the time. Huh. I For some reason, I was so sure that we were going to be in agreement because <laughs> I do have a self-imposed Christmas oh, music you do? band. Okay. I do. I start the day after Thanksgiving and it. Feels... But you also probably listen to it all the time, right? Until Christmas. Oh yes, I do. That's the difference. I don't um, on several several fronts, just for my own personal Christmas music that I like, plus anything that I do in choir. I mean, we were rehearsing that Christmas music since we start in September, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, then there is the tricky business of working retail for so many years. Right. <laughs> right. At my store, we get our first shipment of Christmas merchandise the third week of July. Oh. And now I, I duck and cover while people <laughs> throw things at me, uh, throw their phones against the wall. But um, it's actually for a very practical reason. It's because we do inventory in July right. when our stock is at its lowest level. And then you get Christmas starting after that because you have to put the orders in in January and then yep. it gets shipped on the slow boat to ch- from China and then it comes in in like May and June. And by the middle of July, it's like our warehouse is just busting with it. And it physically has to come into the store uh, because there's nowhere to keep it. And then it actually takes us three to four months to get it all unpacked as it comes in because it's so much stuff. And then there's the fact that people buy Christmas merchandise in July mm-hmm. and August, which I don't get. I don't but either. They 100% do. For all the people that come in and say, you put Christmas merchandise out earlier every year. And I say, well, actually, it's the third week of July every year over the last 20 years, as far as I know. Um, (laughs) But there are people that come in and get so excited about it. And as part of that, the boss wants to start the Christmas music up. Like, just put one Pandora station in the rotation starting late september and i'm just like no oh no i'm not doing it Mm -mm. i'm not i'm not doing it um if i come into work and a christmas channel is playing i wait until the boss leaves and then i turn it off because i'm not i'm not doing that it's too weird right so by the time 
by the time we get into mid-November, I sort of grudgingly am okay with that. For, but for <laughs> myself, it's day after Thanksgiving. I have to do it because I feel like if you spread it out, then it just makes it less special. That's true. That's true. The I think that there's a big difference between, I mean, because your mall, how much would you say, you know, it's not scientific, but percentage wise, if you had to guess of the people shopping in there are tourists. Um, well, we're, we're not in the mall anymore. Oh, and so that's, that's right. changed the percentage a lot. When we were in the mall, it was probably 30 to 40% of people were tourists. Because I feel like it, there's a different type, uh, like someone coming in and seeing like, oh, that's a cute Christmas ornament. I, I mean, because I've seen, I, we went into your store. So seeing like unique um, Christmas things while you're traveling. I know a lot of people collect Christmas ornaments as like to, uh, to remember their trip, stuff like that is different than listening to music in a store that primarily sells other things. Right. And frankly... I get real tired of Manhattan steamroller. Oh, Mannheim steamroller. I was yes. going to say Manhattan transfer, but that's not right. No. I get so tired of the Mannheim steamroller. <laughs> do they do any non-Christmas stuff or are they strictly a Christmas outfit? I don't have anything against them, but it's a lot of them. That was my dad's favorite. And every year he'd be like, guess what? They have a new CD. And I'm like, every year they have a new CD. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, remember six CD disc changers? Yes. Mm hmm. <laughs> Just load them all up. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, well, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, how Luke feels about Christmas music, and he compares it to drugs, which I think is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think the bump off the key of that sweet, sweet Christmas junk is one of my favorite. <laughs> Ever. I wish they had made that into a drop because that's amazing. And when when he's having uh, Sean play the Charlie Brown music yeah. as a demonstration, then he's yeah. like, no, Sean, stop it. No, don't so, fade it down. Don't Just stop it. Down. Just stop. Got to cut me off. They, so did you have that relationship with Charlie Brown Christmas? Not really. I, I mean, yeah. I know it. Um, I've certainly seen the show um and i really like it but i've never listened to the album or anything neither mm -mm. i mean i am so like immersed in choral music most of the time mm -hmm. and you know the charlie brown stuff is pretty much instrumental so it's sort of a little bit below the radar for me but it's really nice stuff i certainly don't mind when yeah, it comes it is on nice. at all mm -hmm. i just don't have any childhood memories of those songs that mm -mm. get me to a certain place like other Christmas songs can right yep I, I and I thought it was interesting that he characterizes Addie as his sponsor for like keeping him <laughs> off Meaning of Christmas she, music basically she's shaming him right right <laughs> I I mean isn't it the kid who's supposed to be like super excited about Christmas right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess they asked the question. He asked the question on the the website. I want to say Facebook page because that's you know how now. all this stuff yeah. happens. But I mean, I forget that they actually had a TVGL website where they used to there used to be a lot of traffic, um, mm -hmm. and 
And so he put the the question out to the listeners, and um, several people agreed. Um, listener, I think it was Carrie, who said that, uh, yes, she's like this about the Christmas music, but she also has a similar thing where, well, not similar, but I guess it's a self-imposed rule that she can't start a new book until she finishes the old one. And I kind of have that one, too, Ooh, because I do. don't. I don't like having multiple projects open at one time. But will you force yourself to read a book if you hate it? Um, there have been very few times when I just said, screw this. I'm not mm. reading this book because I hate it. Most of the time I make it through in the end. One of them was Treasure Island. I really oh. hated that book for whatever reason. I tried multiple <laughs> times. The other book I know that I hated which maybe doesn't speak well on me as a serious reader, but was Jonathan Franzen, The Corrections, which is a book that everybody loved so much, and I just despised it. And I could not force myself to read that book. I have I have it on my bookshelf and haven't read it. <laughs> I I think I got to page 50, and I was like, I don't like these people, these characters. <laughs> I don't want to s- spend any time with them. They're right. kind of gross that. people. So what's funny is I have always, well, I thought I always, and thought I had invented the 100-page rule. So I <laughs> live by that. I've told people, just give it 100 pages. And then I realized, listening to this, I stole that from Jen. Oh. I totally stole that from her. And I remember because after I heard that rule, I'm like, I'm I'm taking that rule. I also have another rule where I'll give any TV show three episodes because the pilot show pilot episodes usually are pretty universally terrible, mm-hmm. and they get it together once they um, figure it out and they get new actors and writers and everything. And so I'll give a show three episodes. If it's terrible, I'm done. But so. After this, I got a Kindle, and when you first had them, I I don't have one now, so I don't know. But when you first got them, they didn't show page numbers. Oh, Do you right. Remember that? Yeah, that they had like a weird code in the bottom, and I thought, how am I gonna know when I can be done with this book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember <laughs> they were like location codes. Or yes, something. and then they and- change it, so I actually got a Nook because of that rule because they they put the page numbers, and I'm like, I'm never having a Kindle until they fix this. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, that's so funny that I found the origin of this rule that I thought I had made up. <laughs> we should know. It all comes from Jen. I know. Something, yeah. She's a genius. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of rules, and they usually, they're both strict and they make sense. Yes, they're common sense. They come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the other listener that Luke uh, read from um, said that they're even more specific in their Christmas um, ritual, I guess, with music in that on the way to Thanksgiving dinner for the last 20 minutes, they have to listen to Alice's Restaurant. And then on the way home, then they start the Christmas music. And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. How can you be that rigid about yeah. your music? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I listened to the same Christmas album first every single year. So I think oh, I do it too. <laughs> What is it? It's it's by a group called the Blenders, who are a, a vocal group, the singers, and um, it's called Nog. It's really great if you like singing, and I love it. And it's uh, that's the first one I put on, and probably the last one I take off. So I guess I am just as as bad as all the weirdos and Luke with the self imposed yeah. <laughs> rules. Well, and think about it now. I bet those 
maybe those kids now have kids and they feel that Thanksgiving, you know, it's like getting into the to the spirit by listening to this weird Alice's restaurant mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's pretty great. They've made their own little traditions. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter how weird it is. If you do it long enough, it just becomes a cool thing. Well, I've I think I've told this story multiple times, but in the spirit of weird Christmas things, my family's one of my f- family's favorite Christmas song is this Hoyt Axton song called Bony Fingers. And the reason why it's not a Christmas song. It's like a very sad old country song, but all of our Christmas music was in records. And so when we, when records were no more a thing, my parents would still bring out the, uh, you know, the tree would come out and all the decorations. And then also this record player and we play all of our Christmas records. And one of the records was this Hoyt Axton record and we would play this bony finger song. So I thought that it was a Christmas song until I was probably 23. Oh, that's so cute. And we were on a road trip with my uncle and he had that song on a CD or a tape or something. And I was like, why is there Christmas music? And he's like, actually listen to the words. This isn't a Christmas song. (laughs) So, but what's really funny is that Bony Fingers is on our family Christmas CD that my brother-in-law made. (laughs) Whenever it comes on, we all sing it. We all sing it together and say, it feels like Christmas. (laughs) But now you have to listen to the song because it's pretty terrible. (laughs) I'm writing it down right now. (laughs) Okay, should we move on? Yes. So this clip comes from December 9th of 2010. Um, Two things Jen hates about Christmas. Jen is a little bit down in the dumps about Christmas. Everyone will love this clip. You're losing your Christmas spirit a little bit today. What's going on? Um, well, first, I will start by saying that I love the Salvation Army. I totally believe okay. in second chances. I'm with them. For, so I'm For clothes, you mean, or just people? <laughs> as an organization. Okay, okay. I love the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm signing up for my volunteering at the Salvation Army and and what I and this is the problem with volunteering is that what you want to do for them and what they want you to do are all different. So what I want to do is be one of the people who drives around and delivers the presents to the kids that got sponsored. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Cuz that sounds awesome. Yes. And but apparently a lot of people got in line ahead of me <laughs> and they have plenty of drivers and I'm like I have a car, it has gas in it. I'm very responsible, but they have so what they, I keep getting emails every single day saying, we need somebody to ring the bell at such and such mall or at such and such grocery store. And the problem is that I don't believe in the bell. I hate the bell because Why do you I hate think the it's bell? noise pollution. I think it's noise pollution. I think it makes everything about the holidays get, the, all of our nerves get jacked up even higher the more we hear that damn bell. I think that it's part of the Christmas spirit. <laughs> this is the thing. I can tell that it's the Christmas spirit, but it's ruining Christmas for me. I hate that bell, and I am not going to go ring it. I refuse. But now I feel like a total Grinch because I went to the Salvation Army and signed up to be a volunteer, and every single day they send me a note to go ring that bell, and I keep ignoring them because I don't want to ring it. See, I um, I think you might be uh, in the in the very uh, extremely uh, expressed minority on this one because I think a lot of people... You know, you're walking in and out of the grocery store and that bell's going. And it's kind of one of those 
aural cues that tell you it's Christmas time. I'm very surprised, Jen, because you are, like me, very into nostalgia and rituals and things like that. Uh, did you have a bad, did you have a run-in with a, with a, a Salvation Army bell ringer where they just went... They went like um, the Phil Dunphy character on uh, Modern Family, like he did with the with the cologne the other night. Did <laughs> yeah. they chase you around? Ocean, the, ocean, the, ocean. Did they, did they, did they chase you around with a bell or something? Why Why are you so so uh, so put off by the ringing? Well, I, I first of all, I've not had bad experiences. I think sometimes they ring them too much in your face and a little too too quickly, all that. But uh-huh. I love the I love the the uh, big tub. I always you know put something in it. It's nothing like that. It's just that it adds to the noise level. I think it's like, I also hate fans. Oh, like, I just don't I like repetitive fans. noise. If, ever, if I ever see a fan going, I will always donate money to it. I will just <laughs> lay down a sawbuck right in front of uh, uh, anything that's blowing air. I, I See, I tend to think of Christmas as being a very loud time, but sort of in a good way. Like, you've got the, um, you know, you got the Christmas music blasting. You've got the sleigh bells ringling. Uh, jing, jing, jingling too, or whatever it is they do. It's it seems to me to be an actually sort of a noisy time of year, but in a really reassuring, really comforting way. I guess you don't take that same well, approach. Well, I I agree with you to some extent, but this this is my other problem. Okay. Is that and I love Christmas music, but that Paul McCartney uh, having a wonderful Christmas time or what? I um, hate that song. What? I know. Or uh, how? It's, how uh, how have I not known this about you? And also, <laughs> how did we become such enemies? Because we are. It really enemies. all came together for me today when I realized there's two noises I hate at Christmas, and it's that Paul McCartney song and the Salvation Army bell. And that's when I realized I'm the Grinch. My heart is three sizes too small. Wait, um, why do you not like that song? I mean that that song in my mind. Also, would be so in your wheelhouse. Like it's 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 effervescent. It's poppy. It's not your standard old uh, silent night. Like I really actually love that song, and 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 I, it seems like it would be it would be right up your alley, and yet it isn't. What do you hate about that song? The refrain. Uh, I hate it. Seven wonderful Christmas time. Is I hate it, that refrain. I hate it. Can you be more specific though? Like why specifically do you hate it? And I think also, it must w- just be the way that the that the melody goes you just don't like the sound of it it's not that you have a problem with paul mccartney specifically not that you have have a problem with christmas music that's been recorded in the last uh, 20 or 30 years it's not any of those things is it a beef between you and the members of the band wings it might be about john lennon because i do love his christmas song and so this is christmas yeah but that one i mean geez louise talk about getting a little over i know heavy a downer it's i like, know but i love john it john lennon just seems so judgy to me like <laughs> it's it's christmas what have you done there's a war and it's like god man quit making me feel bad whereas paul mccartney is like it's all popadopadopi we're simply having a wonderful christmas time and he's just like it's all super upbeat and it's like everybody's happy it's like john lennon if anything i think that song is the one that i would would rather not hear <laughs> I find this amazing, Jen. You know, I know I've known you for a long time and have worked very closely with you for the last what is it like three plus years? Yeah. I, and I did not know this about you that you don't like this song. Did you only realize it today yourself? It finally crystallized for me. You know, I felt like I was like agitated, and I was like, "Why am I so agitated?" And I realized that song was on, and I realized I hate that song. Well, and I was the reason I was agitated to start with okay. is that. I, we've talked on the show before about what a sucker I am for advertising and marketing. Like I totally get sucked into that stuff and I hate getting old. 
Right. And that, okay. those things came together for me in an ad with Ms. Kate Blanchett. Okay. They're running ads with Kate Blanchett in in uh, Indiana. I haven't seen any out here. No, no, they're in like Vogue magazine and oh, stuff. Oh, lady magazines that I Lady read. magazines. So she, okay, so she's exactly my age, and so for some reason I feel like however she's keeping her looks will work for me as well. Yes. Okay. So she got hired by this company SK2 to do to sell their moisturizer. And I needed a moisturizer, and I need a moisturizer that makes me look younger. So this is what it said in the ad. It said, skin signature hydrates hydrates, so you look up to four years younger in just one month. And I thought, well, that's what I'm going to get. Yeah. So I went to get it, and it was really expensive. But I thought, you know what? Four years in a month? I'll yeah, take it, and I'll look just like Kate Blanchett. Yeah. So then I got home, and I opened up the... Um, the insert and it was just, and this is what it said it, it was a jart <laughs> it had a little asterisk which i hadn't noticed <laughs> uh oh this is the asterisk younger looking skin is based on a study conducted among 35 japanese females <laughs> what i am not japanese so i don't know that I'm is like sure a total ripoff. That is a total ripoff because skin is uh, such it differs so much from ethnicity to ethnicity in terms of how it reacts. Uh, well, in to, particularly to, to aging. between white women and Japanese women, yeah. and Japanese women have the best skin in the whole world. Yeah, that is not a that is not a direct comparison because what it might do for a, a person with a woman with Japanese skin is is it has bear, it has no bearing on what's going to happen to your to your Grinch, Grinch-like visit. Right. And, and I don't mean you look like a Grinch, but I mean, now that I hear that you don't like yeah. the Paul McCartney song, that you hate the bell ringing. Um, <laughs> I maybe, by the way, that may have been um, sort of uh, Yuletide payback for you. You know what I mean? Like right after you were cursing under your breath, uh, Paul McCartney and Christmas time's name and the bell ringing, then you find out that you're also not going to be able to erase four years of your life in one month. No. Maybe it's a Christmas lesson. It's it's all wrapped up. It's like the gift of the Magi. Yes. Okay, Anne, this is so great. Um, first of all, just Jen, her feelings and her, like how she is, I guess just feeling, um, comes through so much in her voice when he's like, so Jen, you're, you're a little bit down on Christmas. Yeah. This is why. And I don't know if she's acting or if this is real. Like, she's just very emotional and um, her feeling, she just wears her heart on her on her sleeve. But it's so great. I just knew that there was going to be an amazing story that came as soon as I heard her voice. <laughs> I think I think that she definitely does feel all of this really strongly. But mm -hmm. I think she also has a flair for the dramatic. Yes, yes. And I have to say, if I didn't love her before this clip, I love her now because I agree with her so strongly. Oh my gosh. Me too. Complaints. I, I mean, both of our notes are like, agree, right, 100%, yes. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> and I think the first time I listened, I was just like, yep, yep. I mean, Jen is like the our little subconscious like telling us everything, right? Um, yep. <laughs> so you know we hear her she signed up to, to volunteer for the salvation army and she wants to deliver toys because of course she does right right um but all they want her to do is ring the bell how do you think what do you think about the bell 
I am bedeviled by the bell. I mean, I'm always pretty focused on my business, so I'm mm -hmm. not one to necessarily stop for the bell, or I traditionally haven't been, but then I would feel so guilty. I mean, that's why they put it right there at the grocery right. store, right? Right outside yep. the doors so that you feel guilty and you have to stop. And I just feel like a terrible human being whenever I walk by and don't put something in there. So then for a few years, I had a policy that I would just dig out whatever change I had, you know, whether it was two pennies or a couple of quarters or whatever, and that would just go in the bucket. But you know, now um, we've started to hear more about the Salvation Army yes. and the, I mean, we talked about the Salvation Army, I think before last Christmas and listener Jeremy made the comment on, on Facebook for us. He's like, you know, the Salvation Army has some pretty disturbing policies about how they mm -hmm. treat uh, homosexuality and stuff. And I had kind of known that, but I sort of thought, well, you know, what's a little change here and there going to, going to matter. It's going to help somebody but you know I really started thinking about that and I thought maybe even my pennies can't support that kind of exclusionary behavior and the kind of grossness so I stopped putting my change in the kettle again and now I just feel guilty I feel like they're judging me and I don't <laughs> normally feel like people are judging me like that like normally you know I'm of the mind of uh, it's not about you and that people are not thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking mm -hmm. about you, but I can't escape it as far as the bell goes. Yeah. Well, if you feel guilty, just whip out your phone and donate to a cause that isn't damaging. That's true. That's good. It's just, it's so easy and mindless to get your change out for the bell, which of course, again, is why they do it that way. I mean, you got to right. admit, this is a pretty genius campaign. For sure. Do you have a lot of change? Um, some. Okay. I never have change in cash. So, I mean, I don't feel guilty. Christy, what? I have to have change. I'm not going to pay for a Diet Coke from the soda fountain <laughs> at the gas station with my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> no duh. Right. I have course. a problem with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I feel like I'm a little bit more old school in that I usually still do have a little cash, but it lasts me a long time. It's usually just for those the aforementioned Diet Cokes. And then, you know, very occasionally if I go and I, you know, get a sandwich or something and I just feel like paying with a 10, maybe I'll do that. Or I try to have a little bit of cash for... Uh, like tips when I go see my massage therapist or something. Mm -hmm. So I generally do have like a little bit of change. I mean, I'm not heartless. I, I don't feel guilty walking past the Salvation Army bell ringers. I do when people ask me for money on the street. Yes. Yep. I, I feel more, I would more, I would rather give $5 or handful of change to um people like that than i would for an organization mm -hmm. which probably helps those same people which is it's weird it's weird <laughs> i know it's all a very fraught yes subject. but the bell i i agree that i i don't like I, i've seen some where they're in stores sometimes nordstrom used to have them in and they just had a sign that said ring ring. And I very much appreciate that because sometimes they're not doing 
a ring that is in a good rhythm and mm, it's it's mm-hmm. too much or they're shaking it too much and then it's just it is noise pollution it like makes me feel very anxious and usually i'm like trying to fight a cart out of of the long lines and there's lots of people and the the bell just adds to my anxiety you know what i just thought of that is really a dirty trick is that at one of the at the fancy grocery store by me they usually have like members of the highway patrol or something ringing the bell so mm-hmm. Now it's not just a nice volunteer. It's a volunteer who's a law enforcement officer who's mm, ringing the bell. And, yep. Yeah. And a lot of times they, they'll come and they'll bring their, their children. And I'm like, well, this is just not fair. Uh, that's not nice. <laughs> How dare they try to <laughs> manipulate us to give them money? <laughs> well, um, Jen mentions fan noise. I have the same thing, especially bathroom fans. The noise that those make actually get me irritated and and make me feel angry. Hmm. That's see, I just um I totally tune all of that stuff out. Oh, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I have some like sensory processing issues or something. Yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> Okay, so then she talks about another thing that makes her angry that both Anne and I agree uh-huh. um, is the terrible Paul McCartney song, Wonderful Christmas Time. It's the worst. It's so the bad. worst. So and bad. Luke is, I put in my notes that Luke is just astonished by this because mm-hmm. he loves it and he, he wants Jen to explain really specifically why she doesn't like it and she she doesn't give a really satisfactory answer I think other than it's just terrible and the mm-hmm. chorus is bad but it's extremely repetitive mm-hmm. I mean it's just over and over and over simply having wonderful Christmas time no stop it no are there I any other words 50 times I think there's verses oh but I'm so traumatized by <laughs> I must now. Turn it off, yeah. <laughs> and I think there's like sleigh bells through almost the whole thing, and it's a very sort of spare synthesized arrangement. I just mm-hmm. find it to be totally unpleasant. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, I wonder if he's more astonished and shocked that it took them this many years to figure it out. True, because they've had. At this time, it's 2010, they've had multiple TBTL Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. They do Christmas mashups and, and full episodes and talked about Christmas songs, and this has never come up. That That's strange to me. How have they never done a worst Christmas song mashup? Oh, my gosh. Because it seems to. to me that it would sound just about as good as the good song mashups. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I feel like that would lead to a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's send it in as a as um, something they should do. Yes, um, I have other songs that I hate. By the way, actually, okay. one that Me I too. thought of off the top of my head is okay. I hate the uh, is it the little drummer boy? Yes, me too. It's the, the worst song ever. Hum. It's terrible, oh. and you hear covers of it like on the radio or yes. wherever. Where pop stars try to remake it in a like sexy yep. way, but nope. you cannot sing "Pum Pum Pum Pum" and make it sound sexy and soulful. It just sounds stupid. It's 
It's so bad. It's so repetitive. There's, do you know, there's that contest. It's what contest? contest. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's where starting after Thanksgiving, um, as soon as you hear drummer boy, you're out. Oh no. Yeah. This year, someone else has done it for wham, the wham song. Oh, but I like the Wham song. It's, it's such a good song. Like, this isn't because it's terrible. Right. I mean, it is terrible, but it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I love that song. But so the, the, there's a thing where as soon as you hear Little Drummer Boy, you just like post, I'm out. <laughs> because it is. A, it's such a bad song. I'm so glad you hate it, too, because I was a little nervous saying that I hate it. I don't like most of the religious songs, except for um, I love Silent Night. I love it, especially that's one, um, especially when I was younger and first got my license, I would drive around with my best friend who had, um, five siblings and we would all get in the, in their family's big van and sing silent night in rounds while we looked at Christmas lights. (laughs) So I just love that. It makes me like get a little teary, but a lot of the like, Oh, call Molly faithful. I don't like, um, the drummer boy, of course, mm. star of Bethlehem, like a, a bunch of those. I just, they're a little too churchy or gospely for me. Sure. And I get in on it because I never, ever, ever sing the melodies. I'm always putting some harmony in oh, that. So nice. it really occupies my brain and it's a good challenge to come and try and sort of put my own thing into it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've sung so much of that. I really... I do love it. Uh, the other song that I have, like uh, maybe it's a love hate relationship or maybe I love it, but I don't understand it is the Feliz Navidad, which is always sung. It's always the Jose Feliciano version that everybody mm-hmm. knows. Like I've never heard Christina Aguilera cover Feliz Navidad. I don't know. Maybe she did. Maybe it just doesn't get played. I haven't gone on a deep dive to see if I can find out who covered Feliz Navidad, but you always hear the Jose Feliciano version and it's so cheesy, but somehow it makes me happy every time it comes on because I still have that feeling. Oh, there's Jose Feliciano again. Yeah. Why hasn't, why haven't people covered it? Exactly. It's a fun song. That and um, Meli Kaliki Maka. Um, I love well, that nobody song. nobody can pronounce that. <laughs> well, it's funny because I have a Hawaiian friend and I always just tell her like every, I always say that to her as if like that's her name, that's her middle name, that's um, how to say this and that's how to say that. It's probably a little racist of me, um, but <laughs> <laughs> I just love that song. And I know like, there's trouble with being Crosby, but his Christmas album was so good. Oh, I just thought of a cover of the Feliz Navidad because Taco John's has had something they call <laughs> Nachos Navidad every year where they use red and green chips. Yes. And they oh. do that commercial <laughs> with Feliz Navidad. Oh, no. I just looked it up and uh, Dora the Explorer has a cover of it. Of course. Of course, Dora would cover it. <laughs> but um, now I want nachos. Oh, sorry. So what is your all-time favorite Christmas song? Oh, I can't. I can't answer that. That's, that's impossible. All? Oh. <sighs> I don't. 
don't know. There are so many different good parts. Maybe uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas, mm, which is really it. kind of sad and melancholy. And looking back at the people who weren't there. Do you have a favorite there, singer of it? Um, there, there are a bunch of different versions of it that are really good that I like. Uh, I like Oh Holy Night a lot, but maybe because that's really fun to sing. I can't sing it mm-hmm. anymore in the right key because my voice has dropped a lot since I was in college. But I used to sing that as like um, uh, the offertory song at church services for when mm-hmm. my choir would be performing. Um, they would let me sing Oh Holy Night. And that's a really nice song. I don't know. I can get into just about anything. My favorite Christmas song of all times is What Christmas Means to Me from Steve Oh, Wonder. okay. It's mm-hmm. so fun. <laughs> it makes you want to dance. Um, What's the Mariah Carey one? All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah, that's a good one, is too. Is that it? So maybe like five or six years ago, uh, back when I was still working at the store and we were in the mall, we were on a, a corner uh, that had a big sort of interior courtyard out in front of it and they would put the little kiosks and extra booths and stuff out there like for the skincare products and they had a Peruvian flute playing group Mm -hmm. that would come and play out there that was really annoying but one night in December they um they had like a band to come and play Christmas standards and so it was like I don't know they had their guitars and drums and saxophones and a couple of ladies singing and they did that Mariah Carey song and it 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 wasn't that it was bad it was that it was so offensively bad (laughs) they performed it like three or four times and every time it was so out of tune and so terrible that I can never listen to that song again oh no they ruined it for you they ruined that song. I can't. Aww. I can't even. And isn't that like in the climax of love, actually? They have that song. Oh, yeah, and, I think uh, so. And I'm like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. That's that's too bad. Because that's a good one. Everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a new one. Right. Like, it's not a classic yet. Right. We say um, it's new, but now it's, what, 20, 25 years old? <laughs> right. Right. It's um, new to me. So, uh, also, Jen is upset because Clay- Kate Blanchett uh, ruined her life by telling <laughs> her to get face cream that will make you look four years younger in a month. I couldn't figure out what this had to do with the Salvation Army Bell or the Paul McCartney song, <laughs> no. but it was upsetting her. <laughs> it was just all. And I love that um, Luke said that nothing will help her. Jen, Jen's uh, Grinch-like skin um, and that this is Yuletide payback. All of those things were so great. Um, do and But my question is, do you have a celebrity that you that is your same age that you compare yourself to? Like Jen does with Kate Blanchett. I don't know. I You know more what it is is looking and seeing celebrities who are so much younger than me. Mm-hmm who are all grown and in the prime of their lives. You you know, it makes me weirdly sad when I go to a baseball game and they'll have like a young new person who just came up and they're like 20 years old. I'm like, okay, I could legitimately be your parent. Right. How did that happen? I would have been a young mom, but I could have given birth to you. 
This is yes. like a weird time warp thing that I just, I cannot think about too closely or my brain will break. Right. I've always had this with uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because she's, um, well, okay, so did you ever see the movie Insight, Irreconcilable Differences? I don't think so. Okay, so it's a movie, I was probably too young to be watching it because I'm her same age and she was a little kid. T- divorcing her parents because they were terrible parents and in it she s- swore in and sh- and her birthday was the same as mine so oh i see but that's not true like her real birthday isn't the same as mine in real life but so right. i've always like since then i'm like we have the same birthday it's just a few <laughs> months apart but um i also kind of look like her when i was young i had like white blonde hair um and people always said i look like her so i've just had that comparison so my life is pretty bad compared to hers (laughs) (laughs) she's aged really well (laughs) i always think celebrities are like older than they are when you see someone that like she's 36 and i'm like what wait she's younger than me no (laughs) how can that be well because in your mind you're like 25 right right i mean how is zach afron like a full-fledged adult heartthrob i feel like he's a teenager how old right? is he? I don't know. He's in his 20s. I just remember when he was in 17 again. Isn't he just that age all the time? Um. Yeah, that's how the movie worked, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he's not 17. But Oh, Christy. <laughs> Zac Efron is 30. Whew. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> because when I lust after him... <laughs> Don't feel like a dirty old lady. All right, you saved it for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, use my lady scientist cred to point out the asterisk that made Jen so disappointed with the Kate Blanchett yes. moisturizer. <laughs> is that? Um, she found that the claim is based on a study of 35 Japanese women. <laughs> and looks like, oh, well, <laughs> not just Japanese women having uh, such different skin than white women, but also that these claims are based on a study of 35 people. <laughs> 35. Ridiculous. And also, how do you declare that someone looks four years younger do you have a picture of them from every year and say whoa you look like that four years ago (laughs) no of course this isn't real (laughs) no mm -mm. I remember very distinctly once seeing a commercial for I think it was like an oil of Olay the same sort of moisturizer thing and they had this big graph that would show showed the arrow going up like the longer you used it, the yeah. younger your skin looked or, you know, the, it was some percentage that your skin improved by. And I think I actually paused it so that I could look at the access labels and it was oh, like your you skin did. improved by 0.0015% for every week that you used it. And I was like, how do you even measure that? No, it's, it's not non-measurable. You can Mm-mm. say that your cells are restored or the dry skin goes away, or your wrinkles reduce, but you can't say you look younger because no one knows what that is. <laughs> Poor Jen. 
Christmas well, payback is a bitch. I know. I wish she had said what the, well, probably didn't want to give free publicity, but I wish she had said how much it cost her. She probably should just return it. I would have. Yep. Well, but if you opened it, I don't know if you can. If it was at a if it was at a drugstore, probably not. But if it was at like a Nordstrom, then like yes. a nice place, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, all right. Shall we move on from some Jen's yes. problems? Yes. <laughs> Let's go to the next clip. We're fast forwarding almost exactly two years to December sixth, two thousand and twelve. This is uh, Andrew has joined the show at this point, and Luke is talking to Andrew. Um, he's telling a story that he's told a number of times over the show about his very first on-air solo radio shift, which just happened to take place on Christmas Eve, and uh, exactly how that went. When the, the first time I ever hosted, we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about you and your nighttime radio travails. No, 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 no. It. No, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, throw one in from, from my life. The first time I ever was I the first time I ever solo hosted or in any way hosted a radio uh-huh. show I was 21 or 2 and it was Christmas Eve it was AM radio Christmas Eve at the conservative talk radio station I worked at and it was an unmitigated disaster on so many levels and I've told that story many times on the show but it was like no producer no guests mm-hmm. no callers no hope mm-hmm. for me right <laughs> and one of the things I did I literally didn't have a producer, like, however terrified you are. I was just, like, in a room, yeah. like, <gasps> trying to keep it going. And um, uh, at one point, like, during a commercial break, I ran out and I, like, that stupid, stupid segment where you call NORAD. Yeah, yeah, I was. I think about this. I was thinking about this the other day, the I story, because t- when I was going on the air, I was just like, it can't be worse than I that. I totally did, like, a half hour with the guy from NORAD. Now, if you've listened to talk radio ever for a minute around the holidays, there's this um, ritual of calling the... It's North North American. I don't know what the R in NORAD is. Uh, I have no idea. Radar. Radar, radar. air defense yeah, or something. something like that, yeah. And every year, NORAD, again, speaking of pretend time, hey, aren't you trying to stop the Iranians <laughs> yeah, from killing right, us? Exactly. Like, every year, NORAD has a couple spokespeople who are, like, tracking Santa. We spotted Santa. Well, oh, nope, that's a dirty bomb. Where's Santa? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, <Christmas>. fuck. <laughs> that was... That's well, <laughs> amazing <Yeah>. grace. <laughs> Do you want to try that again? Hello, everybody's, everybody's wa- like pretend watching for. Sa- By the way, if I was gonna bomb the U.S., I know exactly the night I'm doing it. Um, this is turning into the worst Ernest saves Christmas ever. <laughs> Uh, I totally did a half hour with Norad, and, and the worst thing about that is not just that it's a ridiculous topic, but there's not a half hour there. No, like, there is not. There, are, there is four <laughs> minutes there. There's not even four seconds. You ask, hey, where's – so have you seen Santa? Yeah, we saw him moving towards Seattle. How long ago? That was about two hours ago, and at his speed, we've clocked him at it. seems like there's a good chance he'll be there tonight. Everybody better be good. That was thirty yeah, seconds. Right, exactly. Imagine a half hour. I have a feeling like this is prob like this experience probably really laid the groundwork for TBTL because then you were probably like, "Well, what are you doing for Christmas?" You know, and yeah. you probably just started talking to the guy about like whatever. Well, you know? the other thing that I did that night, which I know I've totally talked about many times on TBTL too, is um, I was trying to do a call-in segment about like Christmas memories or something, and this very elderly lady called in. <laughs> She was the only caller. She was the kind of person who would always be screened out. 
mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you would, you would not let this person on the air typically because they would be a bad call. But she was the only call, so they brought her on, and she had this like just very meandering sort of quiet, halting story about a Christmas ornament. It didn't go anywhere. The story <laughs> went on for about eight minutes, the story. And then and you're probably ha- only half listening, just really watching the clock tick. I'm just, just like, I'm great, just, great, I, keep going. Like you say, I'm like looking for the next vine to grab, <laughs> yeah, right? right? And um, and, uh, and and realized I was in the Sahara. <laughs> so I was in a lot of trouble. She's talking, and then she goes, and the other thing too about when you when you have sometimes when you have like elderly people and you put them on talk radio as callers, they never want to stop, right? Mm-hmm. They're always like, and another thing, and you have to like mm-hmm. kind of like try to gently let them go. She was talking for this whole time. She's telling this horrible story, and then she said, "Well, all right, I better go now." And it was the only time in talk radio history where the host said, <laughs> "Hey, you know, um, actually." Can you stay through the break? Because when we come back, I want to hear more about that very special ornament. Uh, you know, after the break, we're going to be talking about forced busing. Can you stick around for that, ma'am? Um, Christy, I think that maybe we have the same question about this. Mm-hmm. And that's, who exactly is listening for this NORAD Santa segment? I have no idea. Like... Is it children who are listening to the conservative radio station to find out when Santa's coming from the North American whatever the rest of the acronym was? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so air defense system. Yeah. What what was um, interesting is I looked up what NORAD was because they got it wrong and they Uh said radar. It's North American aerospace defense command so the letters aren't even right anymore so i don't know if it used to be something and it switched oh okay um but okay they have it already they already have the santa cam yes wow and i'm i'm like why they have like this is the dimensions of santa's sleigh and like a bunch of physics stuff about it i i don't it just seems so strange that this can't be a segment targeted at kids, right? No. So does that mean it's adults who get really excited about Santa's delivery trajectory? Or is this just a bit of silly fun that we can all get into or not? It feels like a way to get the kids that are starting to doubt something ah. to like, well, this is an official government website. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to the radio and like, look at... Uh, Santa's over New York City right now. You know, we better get to bed. <laughs> I'm wondering if this is something. I just always think about the movie The Christmas Story and how they listen to the radio and they would sit there and and wait for their stories to come on. And I'm wondering if that's when it got started. Oh, maybe. I guess so. Because that seems like more of a time when it would have been important. But I can't believe they still do it. I well, I guess I can see how it continues. Luke does say that they have a lot of airtime to fill on Christmas Eve yeah, and not for much sure. else going on. It's just interesting that they got to this somehow. But I tell you what, I will take the NORAD segment over the old lady talking about her special Christmas ornament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of cute. I mean I would I would I... turn the channel. 
But it's yes. kind of cute. This lady got her time. And like they were saying, I bet she's called a lot of other days to mm-hmm. tell her feelings on whatever. Um, <laughs> and she got her 15 minutes. Literally yeah, 15 that minutes. Is nice. <laughs> well, I mean, she got her 30 minutes. Really? <laughs> she got to be a, a guest on the radio show, not just a caller. Right. I I did love when they both decided that maybe Norad had better things to do. And Andrew's saying, oh, oh, that's a dirty bomb. Where's Santa? And Luke <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing ever. His laugh, like, I just want to clip that and listen to it over and over again. (laughs) I'll also say there is a certain amount of hypocrisy here about Luke telling the story of the rambly old lady who took eight minutes to talk about her favorite Christmas ornament. I was like, dude, she's an amateur compared to you guys. You guys can talk for (laughs) half an hour about something equally nonsensical. Right. Exactly. Like a dream catcher come to life. (laughs) But Luke does give a really, he paints a good picture of that first radio shift and how terrified he was. And I think when he's told that in other occasions, doesn't he say that he had a whole bunch of material that he prepared and he like whipped through it in the first 15 minutes? (laughs) Yes. Oh, I bet he was so excited and wrote it all down. And um, I mean, as he finds out later in his life, podcasting alone is really hard. Mm-hmm. And so is radioing. And if no one's listening, you're not getting any feedback. And the only person calling is a 30 minute story about a Christmas ornament. What else are you going to do? That's a lot of talking. I mean, he is pretty good at talking. He is, but but <laughs> maybe that's a skill he learned. Yes, yeah. Maybe this was the event that precipitated him learning how to do it because he never wanted to be in this situation again. Right. <laughs> well, and who knows how much rope he had, you know, like, could he go on there and just tell stories about his family Christmas traditions? Or was there a set set topics that he had to talk about? Because now, I mean, he can talk for days right. about all this. Yeah, that's true. And he probably wanted to make a good impression, even though no one's going to listen to it. Well, I'm glad he did it because it makes a great story. It does. <laughs> all right. Should we go on to the next one? Let's do it. Okay. This one is from December 16th, 2013. Luke's first grown-up Christmas tree. What about you? Are you excited for Halloween? I am. I, I like, I love Christmas. You know, I've talked about on the show a lot that I didn't really, we didn't celebrate Christmas the traditional way when I was a kid because my parents were really, really Christian and they were in this really kind of Christianness of like, um, that they thought Christmas was a pagan holiday mm-hmm. because the tree is actually pagan in its origins, you know? Um, it's not like there was, there was not like a Christmas tree in Bethlehem when right. Jesus was apparently born. It was like, that was the Middle Ages. They would go find a tree during the, um, the I guess the solstice mm-hmm. 
and then they would light they would like put candles on the tree and gold and everything. So my parents were part of this group of Christians who didn't really do Christmas. And as a result, once I got into adulthood, I went pretty nuts on the Christmas. Like what was your first Christmas when you went nuts so Luke? Well, now in fairness to my parents and in all accuracy, we did start to do Christmas with like a tree and stuff probably when I was around maybe 15 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a slow progression of Christmas in my house because my mom was not my mom loved Christmas from growing up in Philadelphia as a, you know Irish Catholic. She that was a big thing for them, the tree and all that. So she was always trying to slip Christmas stuff in. So we did have like we had no tree, but we'd have like stockings. Mm-hmm. And then one year, I remember being like stockings, but no presents. And then it was like stockings with some like little small presents in the stockings. And then it was like stockings with kind of more presents mm-hmm. that, but th- but they would have to be in the stocking. Would be like however many presents you could fit in a stocking would be the amount we would be allowed to have. Yeah. So it was just slow build up to one year. My dad, I guess, was just like, fuck it. We're getting a tree. And that was when I was maybe around 15. And we were so psyched. Right. Yeah. But it's interesting being from my family because we never got good Christmas presents. I mean, that's not true. We get like wool socks. Those are good. Yeah. Wool socks are great. But you know what I mean? We didn't get like we weren't that family where you'd get um, the latest remote control car or a new bike or anything. You didn't get something like that. You got some wool socks and some. You know, some stuff my mom might have picked up secondhand somewhere. Right. Deodorant, some toothpaste, some like yeah. Little, my dad would do. Items. I think my dad was in charge of stocking stuffers, and so that would be kind of you know we'd get some stuff like that, toothbrush, deodorant, stuff like that. Um, so by the time the first Christmas that I did by myself was probably I had this little apartment um, on Capitol Hill, and Addie was maybe two. Mm-hmm. And so then you were about 19. I was about 19, probably. And I had my own apartment. Cool. And I got a tree, which I think just last week I told this story. So I won't bore everybody again. But there was this whole debacle getting the Christmas tree and trying to carry it back to the reason I wanted to carry the Christmas tree from the place where I bought it to the apartment was because my mom used to tell this story of my granddad, her dad, <coughs> excuse me, Jack Kelly of mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, how he would buy the tree and carry it home, and right. it was a big deal. So I thought, well, that's what you do. So I buy this tree, which, of course, I buy this really heavy tree because I don't know how much Christmas trees weigh, yeah. and I can only carry it like 10 feet at a time because <laughs> it's fucking enormous. Yeah. And and so Addie, it takes us like an hour so to walk with home. with Addie. Yeah, she's just like freezing on the streets of Capitol <laughs> Hill trying to drag this giant tree home. Yeah. When we were carrying it on your shoulder, I'm like doing Jack that thing. Kelly, you know, you know which how is a when badass name, by the way. I know, it isn't just that sounds like a like a bourbon or something? Doesn't he? He said, "Yeah, exactly." Uh, what'll it be, Jack Kelly? Neat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but were you dragging it or? Shoulder? I was doing that thing when you're carrying something that's too heavy, where you try every kind of carrying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I just need to reposition. <laughs> I just need to have it in my arms. Okay, good. Yeah. Then it's like two more steps, and you're like, oh no, this doesn't work. And you're like, I just need to hold on, just sling it over my shoulder, yeah. and then you take like four steps. Yeah. I think eventually I was carrying it on my back, bent over like a Russian grandmother babushka, uh-huh. like. My whole body was like a question mark, <laughs> and I'm just like trying to carry yeah. this thing. And meanwhile, Addy is like, this right. is my father. Yeah. No, and it got worse, too, because I said I wasn't going to tell the story, but now I'm telling the exact same story again. We get it back to the apartment, and it's the base is has this big knot on it, and it's too big to go in the Christmas tree stand mm-hmm. that I bought. So I have to try to cut part of the base off of the tree, the bottom, but I don't have a real saw. I have like a play school <laughs> I, I really had a play school saw that my uh-huh. dad had given me when I was a kid that my toolbox was just 
stuff my dad had given me when I was like six. Yeah. So I got this play school saw, and I'm trying to saw the base you of this tree. Trying to saw the base of a wooden Christmas yeah, tree. A very a wet, very sap filled Christmas tree. Dad, did that work? No. I mean, I got a little into it. Then I'm trying to use like a steak knife. Uh-huh. Then I had this small hatchet. I'm hatcheting away. This is inside an apartment. And Addie's just, I remember very vividly, Addie just standing on the couch. <laughs> That's where we used to hang out. She used to hang out, just like stand on this couch that yeah. we had. She's just like standing on the couch looking at me like, wow, you are not inspiring me as a father figure right yeah. now. Yeah, and but it was just you two in the apartment at that time? Just us two. But yeah, I mean, that was, I wasn't married yet or anything. I don't think I was even dating yeah. the gal that I was married to in my 20s. But uh, I remember finally getting this thing into the stand, getting it all decorated. And we had these janky decorations. We had like... Um, these Charlie Brown ornaments. We had stuff that I think my mom had got at like a fill the bag sale or something. Mm-hmm. But then my mom was like, well, I have these if you want, you know, like if you want some ornaments. So we'd put these little junky ornaments on the tree and put some lights on. And I remember that night like being so excited about having a Christmas tree in my own apartment. You know, that was now the beginning of my like Christmas tradition. Sure. Oh, and the thing we had on the top of the tree Actually, this may have been a few years later we added it, but we had this little, like, paper cutout of Ariel from The Little Mermaid that mm-hmm. we'd always put on, which Addie reminded me yesterday, because Addie's staying with us because it's Christmas break from college right now. Yeah. Um, she had stolen this Ariel from The Little Mermaid. She had stolen this paper thing off of, like, a lotto display or something in a 7-Eleven as a kid. Yeah. She had, like, liked this. Cause she loved everything Disney, right? And she had seen this thing, and she had been like, Dad, can we have that? So I think... Either she or I had like taken it. Just jacked it. Just jacked it, straight up jacked it. So that was our Christmas tree topper for years. Anyway, I remember though, she went to bed, you know, I put her in the pack and play. Yeah. She had this, we had this like portable crib that her mother and I were always passing back and forth, you know, anywhere that Addie was, this pack and play would go along. And I remember she went to bed in the pack and play. And I remember just like sitting there, just staring at the tree, all the lights out in the apartment and just looking at the tree. And, and just how, being how big of tall of a tree is it? Oh, it's probably like. Maybe six foot tree or something. Good size. Just staring at it and just being so excited. Yeah. And I love this story so much. Um, you know what struck me about this was that this is one time when Luke actually achieved a coat hook moment. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. That's why I wrote that. Um, not not that he achieved it, but just that he has his dock staring where he sits out and looks at a dock and looks at boats Mm -hmm. and wishes he was somewhere else. And then he has sits on a couch in a construction zone, wishing he had a coat rack. (laughs) And yeah, I just love this. I, I love just thinking about young Luke sitting in an apartment with like probably a couch and now Mm -hmm. just a Christmas tree. And then Addie like sound asleep in a pack and play. Yeah. And it's all lit up. I love that. I just love to think about that. Yep. Yep. Um, I like how this clip started, and he does talk a little bit about the the family not celebrating Christmas, but um, there was a little bit of, like, Christmas creep. Like, over the years, <laughs> Susie would sort of sneak just a little bit more, and okay, stockings, but no presents. Okay, stockings but only presents that fit in them okay okay fine we'll get a tree kind of she just slowly um wore walter down until they just went full christmas i love it i i wonder how much of that is starting to get littler kids going away from probably a crazier cult like christianity that they were Mm -hmm. doing 
getting littler kids. And also, I remember I've heard him say a couple times, it wasn't in this clip, that he was instructed to not tell their Philly family that they don't celebrate Christmas. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. That they weren't allowed to say that they're not celebrating holidays, probably because the family didn't know Mm -hmm. how much weird religion they were getting into. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it might um, color their opinion of Walter in an unfavorable way. I mean, if they know that Susie used to celebrate Christmas when she was Mm -hmm. a kid and now she just doesn't, what's going on out there in Seattle? Yeah. And and he said that um, they didn't get great gifts. Uh, they just got things that they needed and not necessarily what they wanted, which um, the best friend that I talked about where we would drive around and sing Christmas songs, their family goes all out. Like same as soon as Thanksgiving ends, they their house is decorated. They have the Christmas songs. They get like really into the spirit. What I noticed is that they would get things like binders they needed for school and it would be oh. like the best thing. They would get things that they actually needed. Shampoo. Um, chapstick because they were a family that didn't have much money and there were six of them <laughs> well eight mm-hmm. if you counted the parents um, and but they were still super into it and that always like um, made me really happy that it didn't the presence didn't really matter people always say that um, but for these kids it didn't actually matter oh that's really, really nice that. So it yeah. seems like that's how Luke's family kind of was, too, is they got really excited about getting wool socks. I tell you what, I would not have been thrilled with that when I was a kid. But these days, right? you get me a nice pair of smart wool socks for $20 or $25, I would be yep. thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> that's a family tradition we have, too, is that my dad grew up very poor. And they his family, his mom would give them each... I think a dollar to go buy everyone in the house Christmas presents. And he would buy one bag of black socks and give a pair to each person. Oh, and he still does that to this day. He gives everyone of the family and now they're, you know, my cousins have babies. And so it's a lot of socks, but now they of course aren't just one bag of black socks for a dollar. He buys like really nice wool socks uh-huh. and, once you I think he has these rules he has these of course he has rules where it's like as soon as you turn 13 you're now eligible for the socks um (laughs) and so everyone everyone talks about my uncle Rick socks and um how it's their favorite Christmas present so socks are nice so I I get really excited about getting those socks every year (laughs) I love that story yeah (laughs) it's a cute one um All right. I want to tell the story about my favorite Christmas present ever. Yes. Because I I am not a big present person. And so, you know, you get stuff for Christmas, but it doesn't change my life that much except for this one time. And I have to preface this by saying we do not spend that much money. Um, We did not grow up uh, black socks poor. (laughs) But in fact, we're we're pretty well off by objective standards. But my parents just aren't into conspicuous consumption. They never spent a lot of money on us. But uh, this was, I'm going to say, eight or nine years ago. My mother asked me early in December, she's like, what do you want for Christmas this year? And I said, I don't, you know, I don't really have anything that I want. And I said, well, I mean, as long as I'm putting it out there on the table, I have no expectations that you would ever get me this. But I want a KitchenAid stand mixer. 
And then I said, but don't get me one because I've been looking and even the cheapest, most basic ones that you can get on Amazon are like on sale for $230 and that's too much. So Christmas came and I got an envelope from my parents and it said, uh, the card inside said, Merry Christmas, go look in the, the bedroom under the blanket. And I go in there and it's a KitchenAid mixer and not one of the cheap ones too. It's like the, it's the kind that slide up. The, yes, with the, it's the, the restaurant yep, quality it, kind. Yep, it's one of those. Nice. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what, how, but I, and so what my mom said was that she was just messing around on the internet. She was like, well, I'll just, I'll just look and see how much they cost. Mm-hmm. And she was on the Macy's website and it said uh, it had a price on it for one forty nine ninety nine, And she was like, wait, that can't be. Right. Mm-hmm. And the normal price for that mixer is, f- I think, four forty nine. Yeah. And she figured it was just a fat finger keying error. But she called up the store and she said, it's got this price on the website. Is that right? That can't be right. And the guy was like, listen, that's what it says on the website. It's what it's coming up at in the computer. I'm going to sell you the mixer for <laughs> that price. And my mom put down the phone. She she hollers to my dad, Pete, we're going to Macy's right now. It was like 830 on a Wednesday night. And so they went down and they bought the mixer. And my mom kept saying to the guy, you know, this has to be a mistake, right? This can't be the right price. And it was the same guy from the phone. He was like, I don't care. I'm Aww. selling it to you. It's a Christmas <laughs> so, miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. And that is how I got the KitchenAid mixer that I use for everything that I bake. But sadly, that year, you had sold all of your flour and sugar to buy her <laughs> something. Yes, exactly. That's how it worked. <laughs> no, but I mean, but even if it costs $500, that's a crazy mm-hmm. price. But even if, ha- if it had, you get so much use out of it that it would be I know. worth it. Yep, yep. <laughs> it it would have been, yeah, worth the full price. But, but still, this was just uh, one of those happy accidents that really worked into oh into something good for me that's amazing what color is it oh it's white my mom apologized to me for that she's like it was just the white one was the only possibility and I was like I do not care <laughs> I have that same one the same white one I think I got it for a wedding present for my first wedding ah I don't know how much someone spent on it but I got it in the divorce <laughs> The mixer lasted longer than the relationship. Yes, for sure. It's an amazing <laughs> mixer. It is. That's a great um, okay. story. We can't leave this discussion without talking about Luke's tree debacle. Yes. About how he didn't know the right kind of tree to buy, so he bought a super heavy one and then had to haul it through the streets by himself right. on foot. I love this. So he... Here's the story, the myths of his grandfather, Jack Kelly, carrying the Christmas tree home. And he's thinking, well, I have to do that, of course. Of course. No one understands how, when you're out there looking at trees, you don't imagine your roof, your ceiling, right? And so trees look so much smaller in the outside. (laughs) I don't know where he got this tree from. He said he lived on Capitol Hill. I don't imagine there would be many tree stores in that location. So I'm sure that he was walking uphill in the uh-huh. snow and the cold and trees with a two year old with a two year old who seems very patient. I mean, I can't <laughs> believe how patient she is. Um, and, and it was six feet tall. 
trees are very heavy. We have probably a seven foot tree this year and we were trying to get it into the tree stand and I couldn't even help. It's so heavy. Mm-hmm. So I'm just imagining this, him carrying it in the wet, cold, and it's probably, and he said it's sap filled. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he gets it home and he's got this detail about how there was a knot in the base so it didn't fit in the holder, but he didn't really have anything appropriate to cut it with. So he said the play school saw and then a steak knife before he finally landed on a small hacksaw to cut this apart. I just, this is kind of hysterical thinking about this. I wish I could see it. Like, I'm sawing away. Well, what's sharp in this house? <laughs> and so that's another thing that a in a, an inexperienced tree buyer would do is that you wouldn't look at the situation down there, right? Right. Because then mm-hmm. you would know like, oh, my, the tree stand I have isn't going to work in that. And it's, it's all mangled. The f- first time I actually had a real tree was just three or four years ago with Jeremy because his family goes out to a place and actually cuts it down. Mm, and that right. was my first experience. And we bring it in the house and I was like, so we paid $40 for this. It's going to shed everywhere and we have to water it. <laughs> this is a scam. <laughs> So I just imagine, and I I wish he had gone more into it or had a picture of it and could have could have posted it. But I love the story that there's an mm-hmm. aerial cutout, paper cutout as the tree topper that they had stolen from the <laughs> store. <laughs> and I wonder if they still put that on their tree as like a family tradition. I can't see it happening. I think. I mean, my suspicion is that. Uh, as with everything she does, Carrie's Christmas tree is probably beautifully decorated. Oh, I'm sure. Like there's a color theme every year and it's like yeah. mid-century modern. <laughs> Amazing. I, Looks like it's I don't in- know how Ariel fits into that. Maybe Addie has it. Maybe. I feel like I feel like I need to to send a tweet that won't get answered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but for all of that, for for the weird tree that he got and the hacking the bottom off and the junk decorations from Susie and the aerial paper cutout as a topper, it just turned into something really wonderful mm-hmm. for him. And it's an incredibly heartwarming story. And I, I just love um, thinking about him sawing away and Addie standing on the couch looking at it. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Um it just is such a cute Christmas memory, and I hope that they still have things like that. I know when I moved out, I was kind of the first Christmas when I went to college, I didn't have any Christmas ornaments, and I was like, "Oh, this is something you have to like go and buy." Yeah, um, and so to help with that, every year I buy um. Elliot a Christmas ornament that is a theme of what she dressed like for Halloween that year. So it's kind of like oh. a memory, a memory of um two things. I mean, once she gets too old to dress up, <laughs> probably have to diff- have a different theme. So at least when she moves out, she's going to have like 15 or 16 ornaments to decorate her own tree. Oh, Christy, Whether she that's wants so to- cool. I know. I wish my parents had done that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Well, before we move on to housekeeping and get involved, I did want to say make um, make sure that I didn't forget to say that uh, there was one more clip that I pulled, and unfortunately, it was so long that I felt like I couldn't include it for us to talk about, even though I desperately wanted to talk about it. So I compromised, and I'm going to put it at the end of this uh, show as a massive Easter egg. Um, I just kept trying to cut it to something manageable, but it we couldn't I cut couldn't it. Do it's it genius because yeah. it's too good. It's too good. It is from um, 2012. Is that right? 2012 or 2000? Must it be 2012 Christmas party? TBTL Christmas party with Luke and Sean and Andrew and Tom Tangney and the Mummy live in studio and Jen. Uh, calling in from uh, Indiana to administer the world's hardest Christmas quiz, <laughs> and then there was something on the very end of that which I won't I won't spoil because it's kind of amazing. But I I know it's gonna make this show really super long because we've already talked a lot now. But I just I had to include it for everybody. So that's what's on the end, and I guess listen to it or don't listen to it. You but, should listen uh, to it. <laughs> You should listen to it. It's really good. (laughs) All right. So I'll do the housekeeping. Um, Check out the merch in the merch store. There's some new stuff and it's awesome. And um, we're still taking, well, we haven't received any, but um, we're still taking suggestions on shirts that we can put in there. Um, If you have a cool design, we'll try to have someone draw it and um, sell it. Uh, Please join the archive project shows like this. Um, a lot of the newsletter sources, uh, Luke just full on asking me questions and Andrew all the time. <laughs> Wouldn't it be possible without you guys? I'm sure they'll probably be asking me stuff for the 10th year anniversary. So mm-hmm. if we could get lots of people helping now in the next couple weeks would be awesome because we can get more shows and more content for them to be able to ask me to search for. Um, we know you're Christmas shopping, so why don't you use our Amazon link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, and we promise not to do a merchandise, what did you guys buy, reveal until after Christmas. So if you bought right. presents for other people that listen to LRB, then we won't do that. Also, we have a Secret Santa show coming up, and we don't want to look at that link right now anyways, because we might have bought each other stuff from there. Right. And when we do uh, do the Amazon purchases uh, segment or show or however it is, we will not make fun of what you bought, contrary to what Mike said. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are not those kind of people, except for Mike and maybe Bobby and sometimes you, Christy, and occasionally (laughs) me. Well, it's always Meredith's stuff, so she doesn't make fun of herself. <laughs> right, right. Um, we would love for you to get involved with the show. If you don't get involved, it's just us dummies sitting on the microphones talking to one another and making each other laugh. Um, you can always visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com or send in your throw your phone or hug your phone moments at throwyourphone.com. Come hang out at our Facebook page. Um, we have some fun comments on there from the listeners sometimes. The show Twitter Twitter is at LRB Podcast. 
You can email us, specifically Christy, at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And you are always welcome to leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Christy, this was really fun. It was. I love the clip shows. We have talked for a long time. This is going to be kind. I don't think it's going to hit three hours, but it's going to be a long show. Let's bring David Burbank in for the last hour. <laughs> that would be amazing. Can you imagine? Um, I feel like that's potentially something that could happen. I know. I would love it. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you get us out of here? Okay. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. This is exciting uh, because uh, I feel like now that we've got the conversation going, this is really happening. This Christmas party is really just like uh, it's moved to another level. And uh, Flash, you have uh, put together a TBTL. um, Is it a Christmas game or just a game that you'd play at a party? It's a Christmas game. Okay, great. Um, What do we need to know about this game? What do we need to get ready? What sound effects? I've got a um, a dinging bell and a, a buzzer for when things are wrong. Well, the issue. 
issue is that um, I'll ask a question, and it's really the first person to ring in, and I don't know if the way that the room is configured, if it'll work for people to ring the bell or if it would be better for them to just holler their name. Let's have them just say their name because I didn't bring a bell. I thought you meant a digital bell when you emailed me. Oh, okay. So um, so I would say let's just pe- just say your name. Okay. And then if I say it after, it's uh, my turn because <laughs> okay. I'm um, running this. Mommy, are you going to play or do you have to go? I'll play for a little. How long is this going to take? It could take all night. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll sit this one out. Buckle okay. in, people. I, okay. You know what? You might win some points. I would say. I would say uh, ring in if you if you think you know. Okay. I, okay. I'll Good. keep I'll keep score from here. So uh, I'll just say the question, and if you know it, say your name. And no. Luke, I'll just count on you to decide who said their name first. Okay. It'll often be me. Um, <laughs> unless I get it wrong, which will be a technical fault, and then it, it will default to whoever said their name. Okay. So, Ready to go? I've got a whole system. Yeah, okay, ready to go. This is for one point. In the movie It's a Wonderful Life, what book is Clarence reading? Isaac, Pilgrim's Progress. No. Damn it. Oh, that's mean, a great guess. It. Tom, the Bible. It's fiction. It's an American writer. Sean. Sean. C- catcher in the Rye. <laughs> Oh, Isaac, Huckleberry Finn. Can I answer? Uh, Luke, Mark Twain. Dang it. That's the name of the person. Yeah, that's 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 Tom, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Jeez oh, Louise. I say half a point to the mummy. Half a point. And half a point. point to the mummy. That's a half point more than I deserve. And by the way, negative, negative six points for, negative six get. points for yeah, me for right. guessing six a, a person. For guessing a person's name. And Sean, I can't even get into the catcher in the rye. We don't have enough, there are not enough hours in the night. Okay. Don't be such an actor. Okay, well, yeah. kind of a time traveler. It's possible. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, all right. I need to. Somebody needs to keep score. I should. I'm score. Oh, you got it. Okay. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Flash. All right. Okay. In the book, the best Christmas pageant ever. Mm. What is the name of the horrible family no one wants in the pageant? Mm. So that's a book, huh? So who's? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say these are way too hard. Yeah. The Tom, was, Tom the Smiths. Yeah. It's a good guess. Yeah, good guess. The Bin Ladens. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody on the webcam have it? Uh, let's see here. Uh, anybody? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to type in. The, what's the, can you repeat the question? In the book, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever, what is the name of the horrible family no one wants in the pageant? Um, that can't be right. Gary says the Manson family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That one was too hard. That was the Herdmans. The Herdmans. Yeah. Okay. We're, giving a, we're giving a wrong to all of us and also to... That uh, the selection of that question flash because yeah, apparently question. nobody knows. Nobody knows that it's a bad question, so I get a negative point on that. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I have a, I already have like negative four. Okay, next up. Okay, in this modern classic Christmas song, finish this lyric. All the lights are shining so brightly everywhere. <laughs> Uh, can we? Uh, can I get the language of origin? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Is that is that uh, wait, Luke? Black Luke. and yellow, black and yellow. No, Luke, Luke, <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Luke. Oh, Santa! No, finish the lyric. Oh. All the lights are shining so brightly everywhere. Oh crap! Okay, hold. Well, first of all, I gotta kill the other music because that's really messing with my head. Um, I'm sorry. One more time, Jen. I'll get there. All the lights are shining so brightly everywhere. Tom, oh. sleep in heavenly peace. No, Sarah in Bothell says, it's a gift of God wrapped in green? No. 
Mm. Boo. And you're probably cheating with the internet and you got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. At least we're getting them wrong, honestly. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. Yes, I know, but all the song. lights are shining. Da, 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 da. everywhere. And Santa, won't you? Say, isn't it like Santa, won't you come something? I'm going to give you the next little part. Okay. Okay. All the lights are shining so brightly everywhere. And the sound of <laughs> Laughter uh, fills the air. Yes. <laughs> hey, but you didn't say your name. Oh, yeah. Sean. You know that was Andrew. I'm going to give myself a ne- I Now I'm at negative two. <laughs> that, by the way, is the best Christmas song of all time. It really is. Flash, don't beat yourself up no. over it. That was I know good... every line but that line. <laughs> it's just okay. your luck. All right. What's the okay, uh, latest uh, What's the latest? What's the latest scoring tally? Sean has half a point. Mommy has half a point. <laughs> okay. Right. That's wow. all we have. It's so a real, hard. it's a real barn burner. <laughs> it's a wonderful life, guys. Indeed. And mommy has okay, to leave, so I declare myself TBTL a winner. Trivia. Okay. Okay. Where did Luke purchase the official TBTL Christmas sweater? Ooh. Uh, Sean. Sean. That would be at uh, Goodwill. Yes. Ooh. All right. Wow. That's right. Wow. Surging ahead. You yeah, have tall gotta... pants and tall hair. Right. Oh, right. I think I could probably find tall that. Pants and a tall shirt. <laughs> Yeah, there was a little kid who came up to me on the video. Yeah. Why don't I have that uh, audio drop any longer? Boy. All right. Well, Sean just pulled ahead with a commanding <laughs> wow. half-point lead. Yeah, yeah, he, just, he just doubled the leaders yeah, in that one is, It's You know, it's just a shame somebody has to lose this. Game like everybody has just given their all, left nothing on the field. Okay, next up. Okay. In the classic story, The Gift of the Magi, the wife cut off her hair to buy a watch chain for her husband, but the husband had sold his watch to buy her a hair clip. In the, True. In the yes. on the Prairie version performed by the TBTL players, what did Pa make for Laura? Tom, a butter churn. <laughs> no. You're in the right era, though. <laughs> for half pint? For half pint. I'll give you a hint. Laura had sold her pony to buy oh, a Oh, Luke, heaven. Luke, a yes. saddle. Yes. I knew it. Mostly I'm just trying to find this. Oh, Ma, Pa, it's just beautiful. That's from the actual TBTL players. That's Aaron Covey. Aaron Covey. The short, live, nighttime news person who we got to come in and uh, play uh, Half Point. This was the actual uh, dramatic sound of her getting the saddle. Um, oh, Ma, Pa, it's just beautiful. Interestingly, if I would have let that go, this is the next drop that would have played. Clean as your mom's. Forehead. <laughs> it has a distinctly different feel to it. Okay, so okay, I've got a, I've got a point there. Um, yep. Am I winning yet? Uh, actually, I gave you a half point okay. on that because I had to remind you about the pony. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, that's fair. That's okay, fair. so I don't know how much you guys have been drinking, but this is a math problem, so it might <laughs> right. be tough. Should go well. Are you ready? Yes. Nine reindeer are having drinks at the Northgate Mall Red Robin. <laughs> One of them leaves like to use the bathroom at J.C. Penney. Four of them go to Nordstrom to return Christmas sweaters. Then two of them go to Orange Julius, and one goes to Lamont's. But they come back because those stores are closed. How many are left to pay the tab? Andrew, four. Yes. 
I have a pen and, and paper. Uh, yeah, Andrew's the only one with a pen. Yeah, definitely a good driver. Yes. <laughs> That's great. I have a pen. I mean, give me half a point, I guess. I thought that this was going to be a trick question involving cheese sticks. Once I heard, <laughs> I once I heard Red Robin, that's all yeah, I heard. <laughs> Your mouth was watering with the thought of jalapeno poppers. Well, that's not really their specialty, but okay, fine, I'll let that go. Uh, you need, Jen, if you wanted to, if you want to really throw in the true uh, sort of Seattle uh, Northgate Christmas, you need to mention the Lamont's Cracker Jack sale. Oh, yeah. They used to have this sale at there was this this uh, department store called Lamont's, and they would have this thing on around Christmas time, certain uh, you know weekends where you would go in and they would give you a box of Cracker Jacks. And then when you get the prize, it wouldn't be the fake tattoo or whatever else. It would be um, a coupon that would be $5 off, $10 off, up to $25 off. That was like the big game. Nice, yeah. And um, uh, you were only supposed to get like one of these. So because I'm one of seven children, my mom would position us outside the Lamonts. And then she would send us in one by one, <laughs> pretending like we were from different families. So we'd get the Cracker Jack boxes. It was only one of her amazing – my mom ran some scams at, at that Northgate Mall that were unreal. For instance, uh, the Nordstrom Espresso Stand used to have this thing where um, it was like uh, they would pick a little animal each day that would be the – if you had – that and like when you bought a cup of coffee, they gave you a little kind of a piece of paper that had a picture of an animal on it for like the World Wildlife Fund. And uh, they would pull this little animal every day. It would be like, it's the panda today or it's the elephant or whatever it is. You get a free cup of coffee if you happen to have the sticker with this mm. thing on it from them. My mom had every single sticker. So she would do this walk by where she would just like. It was as if it was something from Homeland. Like there was people I on walkie-talkies. on that. Yeah, there were people on walkie-talkies. She would go past it. She would sort of glance at it and see what the animal was, and she'd go, and then she'd go through her wallet and pull out whatever animal that was, which she had all of them, and then she'd go back, oh, panda? Lucky <laughs> Have my coffee. All right, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the score right now, Flash? Uh, Tom has a half point. Sean and Andrew have one point each, and Luke and the Mummy also have a half point. Okay. No biter. I got okay. them right where I want them. <laughs> now, this is an opportunity to get two points. Okay. In the Adam Sandler classic, The Hanukkah Song, how Jewish is Harrison Ford and how Jewish is Goldie Hawn? Uh, Luke. Yes. Half? Mm, you need to, you got to be more specific than that. Uh, Tom, half and three quarters. <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> oh, they're two people. Each of them is a different kind, is a different amount of Jew. Yeah. See, well, I, so yeah. my 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 answer was wrong, but the, the, the process <laughs> yeah, was yeah, right. <laughs> um, Tom, half and one quarter. <laughs> Andrew, you're the math whiz. Yeah, half and not <laughs> enough. I don't know. Oh, uh, what, 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 oh, let me see. Let's go to the internet. Uh, let's see. Sheila in Ithaca says half. That's what I said, Who? right? Which one? Oh, I see. Oh, I get it. So I bet you it's one and a half. You remember that he goes through and says each person and will say if they're well, a, a half Jew, if they're and not none. a Jew, if they're a half, if they're... Oh, I see. So is it a half and none? Do you guys not know this song? I, I know. Put on your yarmulke. It's time for Hanukkah. <laughs> Tell your right. friend Veronica. Uh, have a, a happy... Ha- for Jen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Harrison Ford is a quarter Jewish, and Goldie Hawn is half Jewish. Just for your uh, future reference. You were honing in on it. <laughs> I was more of an. I was right, but backwards. I, don't I was be, more of an opera man fan, so I didn't really. Follow. I don't want to get too like. I don't want to get too bogged down in the Judaic details. But you can't be a quarter because if your mother yeah. is in any way Jewish, you are a Jew. So that quarter doesn't even work as a concept. You're either full Jew or non-Jew. But it's a comedy song, and the question was about the song, Luke. <laughs> Give Jen a break. It wasn't about the Torah. I'm not blaming Jen. I'm blaming Adam Sandler's anti- Well, that clearly we all can get behind. <laughs> you obviously saw Grown Up. Yeah. And every other damn movie. Spanglish. Spanglish. Let me say about Spanglish, though, it did have the greatest sandwich that's ever been made in it, which he's constantly trying to eat. He plays a chef, and he's, uh. he keeps trying to make this sandwich has like a fried egg on it and bacon and he keeps getting interrupted mm. in the eating of the sandwich and I've actually looked that sandwich up online and tried to make a reproduction of it so you know it's not a great movie but from a sandwich yeah. standpoint yeah. it's very strong yeah, that's trying to make a painting out of every page of a book <laughs> alright Jennifer um, alright this is rough let's go no 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 question. Jennifer don't don't let this don't let this steal your Christmas spirit, okay? I don't okay. I don't want you to take this personally that this is one of the worst quizzes I've ever been a part of. <laughs> no, no, no. The, this game, I think, Jen, is really working. It's just working at home. <laughs> it doesn't work with us, but people playing at home are having a blast. And besides, Jen, someone was bound to ruin Christmas. It might as well have been you. <laughs> that leads really well into my next question. Beautiful, beautiful. At the beginning of the Dr. Seuss classic. How many sizes too small is the Grinch's Shizik. Oh, oh this Luke. one's going to Shizik. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it at the same time. Okay, ready? One, One, two, three. Three. Two. Tom, two. I guess I it. Did it grow three sizes that yeah, day? It did. Oh, oh, I so thought it was going to be too small. Shizik is an and idiot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were hot S over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeez. that was a good one. Jen, you get back four points. <laughs> that was a fun question. Yeah, that's so what we that. no, my heart just shrank aside. <laughs> <laughs> At least we know how much it grows. All right, any more? Oh, that's awesome. funny. Yeah. Okay, ready? All right. TBTL trivia time. What is on the top of Jen's Christmas tree? Internet? <laughs> Somebody in the internet knows this. Oh, I thought you were oh, saying you were internet, internet was on the top of her tree. Yeah. I was calling. Oh, oh, uh, internet. I'm going to call it out for the stick cam people, including the first person to say it, I believe, was Sarah and Bothell R2D2? Uh, close. Ooh. Sean, C3PO. Yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> the shiny guy always worries. The shiny guy does always worry. Well, we're going to give a half a point to Sarah and half a point to Sean on that. Yep. Is that fair? Because she got us into the close. Star Wars yeah. mm-hmm. sort yeah. of like world. Okay, in Christmas in Hollis, Santa leaves his wallet. How much money is in it? Jeez Louise, what are you, Argyle? <laughs> I knew that would come in handy. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a logistically impossible, it's much like Santa. It's kind of impossible to have this much money in cash in your wallet. Are you sure he didn't leave his wallet in El Segundo? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny to four people. Um, uh, let's say Walsh a million. That's right. <laughs> All right, what? there's a point. Oh, man. That's how you win Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> just say the right. most obvious point. <laughs> okay, this one's going to go quick. Okay. 
I shouldn't say that because I thought all of these were going to go quick. <laughs> but I think this one's going to go quick. Which character in A Christmas Carol actually says, God bless us, everyone? Walsh, Tiny Tim. Wow. Andrew oh, Dawson Mary Lou Retton. Well, I got a pen. It's easy. <laughs> That's from Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> How did a pen help you on that one? I'm just teasing. Your, your Christmas heart has grown three sizes. <laughs> I know. It's actually it's, it's actually elephantitis. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah. so it's, you have a, there's a fluid buildup <laughs> yeah. that's very dangerous. We need to drain that. Elephantitis. <laughs> Jeez. You know what? That's, that's Sean's territory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the king of, he's the king of awful wordplay. Don't, don't uh, you know, steal his thunder. Uh, okay, Flash. Okay. I thought this was the hardest question of the whole quiz. Oh, wow. Oh, it's good. All right. Well, that's exciting. Um. <laughs> what was the theme of the first ever TBTL Christmas party? Could it be, oh, like not theme song, just. No, it was the oh. theme of the party. It was like the kind of food we had, the way my hair was done, it was snowing outside. Um, was I there? <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Yes. Fondue. Yes. Whoa, hey, I gotta give special credit too to um, somebody. Let me try to scroll back here. Somebody said that on Stickam also. They were very, very fast. Um, just give yeah, me one second. Fondue friends in Switzerland. Oh, right, like the Trachtenberg family yeah. uh, slideshow players. Well, good job, somebody who said fondue. I can't find it now, but. Oh, that was uh, Lyman Cutler. Lyman that's, Cutler. That's Stanwood. That's a Stanwood Tens. Oh well, good for you, Stanwood Tens. You knew it, and also and uh, good for you, Shawnee, uh, who apparently was there for that. <laughs> I was. Yes. <laughs> so who's yeah. winning right now, Sh uh, Jen? Um, Andrew is uh, leading Sean by half of a point. Ooh. There is something wrong with the universe if I win this quiz. You better have some more questions. You really came correct, though. Like for a, a, Take for that pen away from about him. Three, <laughs> for about three questions, you were just really you were dominating. <laughs> Okay, last year at the TBTL Christmas party, Luke won the game by knowing all the words to what song? A Walsh Ice Ice Baby? Yes. All right. <laughs> wow. We wow. forget that there was a period of time when Andrew listened to TBTL. <laughs> no, I was at the I party. Oh, uh, no, but I mean, there were Thanks, also, friend. <laughs> no, but there was also a part of, there. Were, you also did listen to the show for a while. No, I did. The reason I knew that one, though, is because I was mad because we played that game, and I, I'm horrible at knowing song lyrics, but there's only one song in the world that I know every single lyric Ice Ice to, Baby. and it's Ice Ice Baby, and you got it, and I was like, this, there's no God, <laughs> which I say every Christmas. So. Yeah. <laughs> you got to know Should ABC. We, what about okay? Should we should we see how far we can get with it? Ding 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 diddle ding ding. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn out the lights and I glow. To the extreme, I rock the mic like a vandal. Light up the stage and watch to jump like a candle. Dance. Crush and speak of that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit bullseye. The kid don't play. If there was a problem, you I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Now that the party is jumped in, with the bass kicked in and the drummer pumping, quick to the point, to the point, no faking. Cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. Turn them. Be quick and nimble.
symbol. I go crazy when I hear a symbol and a hi hat with a souped up tempo. I'm on a roll. It's time to go solo. Roll in in my 5.0 with my rag top down so my hair can blow. The girlie's on the standby waiting to say hi. Did you stop? No, I just drove by. Kept on pursuing to the next block. I bust a left and I'm headed to the next block. The block was dead, yo, so I continued to A1A. Beachfront Avenue. Girls were hot wearing less than bikinis. Rock them lovers. Live Lamborghinis. Jealous. Cause I'm out getting mine. Shay with the gauge of vanilla with the nine. Ready for the chumps on the wall. The chumps acting there because they're full of eight ball. Gunshot. Rang out like a bell. I rang my nine. All I heard was shells falling on the concrete real fast. Jumped in my car. Slammed on the gas. Bumper to bumper. The avenue's packed. Trying to get away before the jack was jacked. Police on the scene. You know what I mean? They passed me up. Running on the dope fiends. If there was a problem, you know, I'll solve it. Yeah, there you go. Wow. That happened. Um, I think Luke deserved to win last year. Nailed it. <laughs>